0: Good morning, Highland Hills. Happy Easter. We are so glad that you've decided to celebrate Easter with us this morning, whether you've joined us live, we have a great crowd here this morning, or you are tuning in online. And today, we will be turning to the Word of God, and if you would, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 16 is where we will start our journey in the Word of God this morning, Matthew 16. And I find it interesting that at these two points in our culture, there is curiosity that is heightened around this question. Who is Jesus? It seems that Christmas and Easter really bring this to the forefront of our culture and this consideration. Who who was the Christ? Who is Jesus? And how does that impact my life? And I think the scriptures have a lot to say about this question. And so we will begin once again in Matthew 16. In Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13, it was Matthew, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, who wrote these words, Matthew 16, verse 13, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's pray as we turn to the Holy Scriptures. This morning Father God We thank you for the opportunity To gather together And it gives us encouragement To know That we have brothers and sisters Around the world Who are doing what we're doing right here Celebrating Easter Proclaiming the resurrection Of Jesus Christ Who defeated death Who died and rose again. And God, I pray for us all that right now in this moment that the distractions of the world can fade away and we would think about this most significant of events of Jesus who defeated death, of who your son truly is and how that shows us who we are as well. So please be with us as we turn to your holy word May we live these texts out that we examine today, not just be hearers of the word, but may we be doers of the word for your glory. And it is only in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. An interesting, intriguing story happened some years ago in New York. In New York, there was a man named Manuel, and he had come from Ecuador to the United States searching for work, and he found various jobs in construction, and things were going well, and he was able to help his family, and he convinced his half-brother Cleaver to come over with him, and they found various jobs in construction, and they would part during the day to, to go work, and then they would come back together until one day manuel did not return he did not come home he had disappeared vanished his brother cleaver searched for him and could not find him and manuel's family became so worried when weeks turned into months and they could not find Manuel. so what happened well i think this incident is relevant to the sermon and the text we're going to look at this morning. But hold that thought, because we're going to come back to it. Because the first thing I want to do is dive into our text that we opened with. Because I believe this Easter morning that there is an application that we need to make from Matthew, and that application is this. Answer the question, who is Jesus? Look with me again in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Who do the people say I am? Who do the people say I am? This is a question that comes loaded with history. You do not ask this question unless the people have taken notice, unless you are well known. If I came to you and said, Who do the people say I am? Who do the people say that Aaron Sams is? You could probably say, They don't say anything. Nobody cares. I'm not well known. Some 2,000 years ago, the Bible asserts that Jesus Christ had been doing ministry, spreading the kingdom of God, preaching and performing astonishing miracles. He had a profound impact, and people took notice. People paid attention. Jesus was famous, and the multitudes fascinated, intrigued, curious about this man. And in this text that we're looking at today, Jesus asks a very significant question. Who do those people that have taken notice, who do the multitudes say that I am? And here we are, Some 2,000 years later, and the question, the curiosity has persisted thoroughly. There are many who do not believe in Jesus today, but there are few where his message has spread and where his gospel has taken root, there are few who do not have at least some intrigue concerning who Jesus is 13.1 million 13.1 million you know what this number is it is the amount of people who watched the first episode of a television series it was the record for first episodes in 2013 what was this series it was the bible miniseries a series that reaches its culmination in the historical account of Jesus. And at its peak, over a 100 million people watched this series. 600 million dollars. 600 million dollars. That is the total profit in box office ticket sales received for The Passion of the Christ. A movie about Jesus' crucifixion. His death, his resurrection, a movie about, well, Easter. Despite being filmed in the original language of the time, despite being filmed in complete Aramaic, still it reached this status. It is the sixth best-selling non-English movie of all time. A bit ironic, for a while it even held this record. It was the highest-selling R-rated movie of all time for violence. The Chosen, a television drama about Jesus, debuted in 2019. By 2020, it has a viewership of over 50 million people and has been translated into 70 languages. Yes, still today, the Captivation the intrigue, the interest in considering who Jesus is is very alive and well in the modern culture. Some write books claiming Jesus was just a fairy tale, a myth, a fraud. Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris, Daniel Dennett, and the like. Yet even they can be thankful for the Jesus that is presented in the Bible, for they have made millions of dollars writing about their skepticism toward him. Some others write books asserting Jesus was just a good guy. Some give commentary that Jesus was a good teacher. But what is fascinating about that is that in areas where his message has taken root, rarely is someone just neutral. Rarely is someone just disconnected From the question, who is Jesus? For the bulk of people, that is a question that is not easily dismissed. Who is Jesus? That question is critical. Because what Jesus is getting at is crucial. Salvation is vested in the answer to this question. For while the thoughts and opinions of who Jesus is abound, this is what the Bible proclaims about Christ. A true understanding of who Jesus is is detrimental to understanding who God wants us to be. In this inquiry, we see that the multitudes were wrong about Jesus's identity what did it say in verse 14 and they said some say John the Baptist and others say Elijah and others Jeremiah one of the prophets so when Jesus says who are people saying the son of man is when they're saying who is Jesus these are the answers they are getting and they were wrong and what they're trying to do is they're trying to connect Jesus to something significant they get his connection to God John the Baptist, a contemporary of Jesus, a God follower, in fact, a cousin of Christ, what happened is he died. He was martyred, and, and people thought, well, maybe he's back, and, and maybe that's who Jesus is. They try to connect him to Elijah. They try to connect him to Jeremiah, prophets of old who ministered centuries prior, but they keep getting it wrong. They're, they're trying to connect him to God, but their opinions are still incorrect. And it was essential that they came to a correct understanding so they could make this application. And it is one we need to make today as well. And the application is this. Discover who you are meant to be. Discover who you are meant to be. Look with me in verse 15. In verse 15, this is what we read. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the midst of the speculation and confusion concerning Jesus' identity, the Father's grace had fallen on one man. This man was not confused about who Jesus was. This man knew Jesus, walked with Jesus, loved Jesus. This man was Peter. And Peter knew Jesus was the Messiah. He knew he was the Son of God, and it was not because of intellect. It was not because of talent. It was not because of a keen perception that Peter knew this. The reason Peter knew this was by the grace of God. The reason Peter knew this was because of an undeserved gift Verse 17, and Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Remember Manuel from our account that we looked at at the start, two brothers working in New York City from Ecuador, they'd they'd come over here, they were working, they would part in the day to go work and come back, and Manuel did not return. And and frantically, Kleber searched for his brother. He went to hospitals, and he went to police stations, and, and weeks had turned into months, and his brother was still missing. Until finally one day, Elmhurst Hospital Center in New York City contacted him, and this seemed odd because he had already checked with them But it turns out they had a patient who had been there for six months. And he couldn't remember who he was. But slowly, ever so slowly, in ways that were blurry and indistinct, he thought his name was Manuel. And he had some some blurry memories of perhaps his wife and children. So Kleber went to the hospital with hope. And Kleber walked into the room, and there was his brother, Manuel, that he hadn't seen for six months. And you know what happened in that moment? Confirmation. Confirmation that indeed this was Manuel. Despite months of struggling with his memory, despite six months of not seeing his brother, when Kleber walked in, Manuel remembered Manuel had been found under some elevated train tracks six months prior, and nobody knows how he was injured. And he continued to struggle with his memory. Though his identity had been grasped, he still had a lot of treatment to go through. But still, when Manuel saw his brother, finally he had what he had been missing. He had his identity returned to him. I want to tell you something. In a similar way that Manuel did not really know who he was until he saw his brother, Peter did not know who he was until he grasped who Jesus was. Did you catch that? Peter did not know who he was until he grasped who Jesus was. What does it say? Once again, in verse 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Remember the initial question. Who who do the people say the Son of Man is? Who do you say that I am? This is all about Jesus. This was not about Peter. But Peter got the question correct. You are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. And then armed with that truth, Jesus does something amazing. Now that Peter gets who Jesus is, Jesus will tell Peter who he is. Peter is an apostle. The church now spanning some 2,000 years will be connected to his leadership. Peter will have the courage to bring the good news of Jesus to the people of this world. And that message will offer eternal hope and everlasting life to those who hear it. Peter will leave us contributions to the Bible. Peter will leave us contributions to the New Testament And a life example of what it means to follow Jesus. And he will be someone we look to, not as perfect, but someone who grasps the identity of he who is perfect. Who grasps the identity of Jesus. Jesus calls Simon Peter. It's the Greek word petros. It means pebble or rock. And what Jesus is saying is that he will build his church on this rock-solid foundation of the confession that was just proclaimed that Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Christ. He is the Messiah. And Peter is the first one to get this correct, this question. Who is Jesus? And the same is true of us, of what happened to Peter. Peter did not fully know what his identity would be. That this rock-solid confession would lay a foundation, that he would be this leader. And, And now his true identity is revealed, and the same is true of you. You will never, ever know who you are Until you answer this question, who is Jesus? So, who are you? Are you a father? Are you a mother? A sister? A brother? A son? A daughter? Who are you? What are your hopes? What are your dreams? Are you a person who longs to give a contribution? Are you broken? Are you a sinner? Are you in need of forgiveness? Who are you? More importantly, who are you when it comes to Jesus? Why did you come here this Easter morning? Why did you tune in online? When it comes to you, Are you a skeptic? Are you a believer? Are you a backslider? Are you a disciple? Are you a worshiper? Undecided? Who are you? Are you someone who has respect and admiration for Jesus, but you've never come to know him as Lord and Savior? Are you someone who, like Peter, has confessed Jesus rightly as the Christ, but you know you've drifted from him lately, and you need to return to the Son of God? Peter had no idea who he was ultimately, who he was meant to be, until he grasped the true identity of Jesus. The Bible says this in Colossians 1.16, and there's a contrast in John 10 10 but in Colossians 1.16, it says this of Jesus for in him all things were created things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and for him. John 10.10 says it like this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Do you know who you are? You are not here by accident. From eternity past, God had you in mind. You have design, you have purpose, you are meaningful because you were made for Jesus. And that's not a trick. That's where joy is found. Our culture tells us we will find joy and happiness when we are the gods of our lives, when we are the monarchs of our lives. But the proclamation of the good news of Jesus is your joy is found when Jesus is your king. You were made for this. You were made to belong to the Christ. You were made to know Jesus. You were made to have a life where Christ reigns. And you have a choice to make. And it is a choice. You can choose to see who you were always meant to be. And give your life to Jesus. Or you can resist... And you can run from Jesus' love to the enemy who wants nothing more than to steal your peace and rob you of your joy. You can live a life against the purpose for which you were designed, but I say boldly to you on the authority of the word of God, you will never be truly satisfied until you get and understand that Jesus is the Son of God. And if you give your heart desires and dreams and goals and ambitions and and you trust them to Him, not in your own will, but you lay them before the throne of Jesus Christ, you will find joy. Do you see the opportunity that is here before you this Easter morning, realizing? who Jesus is, and in doing so, realizing who you were always meant to be. I think we see that in Peter's life, but there's one more disciple I want to look at this morning, and I think we see it in his life as well, and it's our last application, and it is this. This Easter, we must make this application, accept the peace of God found only in Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of John. John chapter 20. So we're in the book of Matthew. Let's go to John chapter 20 and and let's look at this. How in the scriptures and in the ministry of Christ, those who grasp the true identity of Jesus and his power learn something about themselves. We saw it in Peter and I think we will see it in another disciple as well. John chapter 20 Beginning in verse 24, Jesus has died, he has been crucified, and he has come back to life in power. And we read this account after his resurrection. John 20 verse 24 says this, now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. peace be with you Then he said to thomas put your finger here and see my hands put out your hand and place it in my side do not disbelieve but believe thomas answered him my lord and my god jesus said to him have you believed because you've seen me Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you may have life in his name. I believe today that considering who Peter confessed Jesus to be and seeing who Thomas affirmed Jesus to be will help us in this endeavor to ask who is Jesus. Thomas, another disciple who, for better or worse, has gone down in history as doubting Thomas. But put yourself in his shoes. Three years For three years, the scriptures assert that Thomas had walked with Jesus, saw his miracles, and ministered with his disciples as Jesus showed this world love like no one had ever encountered. Surely by this point, this group consisted of his most trusted of companions. Picture the people you trust most in life. Just picture three. Picture three people in your life that you believe for sure you can trust. Now picture yourself not believing them. Feeling you could not rely on those people that you deemed trustworthy. Picture forfeiting your trust to those people. This is the battle that Thomas is facing. He is refusing to trust his companions, perhaps thinking they're delirious, perhaps thinking that these people he's invested so much in that he relies on that they've gone mad. Peace is very much rooted in our relationships, whether we get that or not. Peace with family, friends, co-workers, peers, peace is often interrupted in our life when our relationships have Hostility. Perhaps you sit here this morning. Or perhaps you're tuning in at home. And you're just craving a moment. of Peace. I think Thomas was craving that. And it seemed out of his reach. But picture what he's going through. This Jesus that he loved. Crucified. Tortured. Murdered. And he refused to trust even his closest friends that Jesus could defeat death. Visualize the pain of losing your leader. Picture the agony of thinking your friends had drifted into madness. Envision the heartache of your world collapsing around you. And in the midst of all that picture, you hear these words, peace be with you. What does it say? In verse 26, eight days later, the disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Do you crave peace this morning? Do you long for the abundant life and peace found only in Jesus? Do you want the peace of knowing your sins are forgiven, your mistakes are paid for, and that the kingdom of heaven is your home? Then, friend, you must do what Thomas did, and you must do what Peter did. You must affirm who Jesus is. The Bible declares that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of the Father, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus is Lord, and Jesus is God. This is what the Scriptures claim. But listen, the Bible doesn't proclaim Jesus as these things, merely as fact, simply as the answer to a question, but in part to provide you with an opportunity. What did it say in verse 30? Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Peter did not ultimately know who he was until he knew who Jesus was. Thomas never knew the peace he was made to encounter and experience until he put his faith in the Christ That he looks to and calls my God. And you will never know the peace, forgiveness, and salvation offered to you. The life you were always meant to have. Unless like Thomas and Peter, you put your faith and trust in the only one who gave his life for you. And rose in victory that first Easter the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for what we, by your good grace and gift, get to celebrate here this morning that you sent your son into this world to pay our sin that you loved this world so much and you loved us so much that Jesus entered into it and when we could not be reconciled to you Jesus paid our debt Jesus died as our substitute Christ died in our place and once again We're just so thankful because we know we joined millions, billions around this world proclaiming today the anniversary that that we think back to this, this first Easter we celebrate Jesus rose from the dead. He is your son. Christ, we know that you are God the son. And Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today or anyone tuning in online who who has never accepted you as Lord and Savior, that they would see you're so close that if they would just reach out to you, if they would admit they were sinners and believe in you who died and rose again and call upon you to be their King and Savior, confessing their sin and trusting in your forgiveness that today could be the day of salvation for them. May we all be able to proclaim this morning not only this truth that you died and rose again, but may we, able, may we be able to proclaim like Thomas that you are our Lord, you are our God. And Jesus, it is in your name that we pray. Amen. Let us stand. We will close singing the praises of he who defeated death that first Easter. If you need to come at this time, you come. But let's sing the praises of the King of Kings.